All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells, along with our special guest host, Kenny Cashman, who returns to He's Done It after having just been on a couple of episodes ago. Uh, the three of us talked a lot about just growing up in New Hampshire. We talked about high school, sharing some stories from then. I highly recommend going back and listening if you haven't yet. A very fun episode. But in this week's episode, we'll be talking more current events, just things that have been happening recently that are both sports-related and non-sports-related. One of the most balanced episodes that we've ever had. We'll talk about J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals, Dak Prescott, big extension with the Dallas Cowboys, NBA All-Star Weekend in Atlanta, and we'll also talk about Dr. Seuss and Bath and Body Works and even Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's interview with Oprah Winfrey. So all over the place in this one, and I hope that you have just as much fun as we do. So with that, let's get started. back and it's not just brian and i we have kenny cashman returning to he's done it second time in three episodes so welcome back kenny good to have you back on thank you it's good to be back so last time the three of us talked about just our our hometown just sharing stories from high school and uh, a lot of fun definitely go back and listen to that one if you haven't already but in uh this episode we're gonna talk a little more more uh Stuff that's actually going on now. We're not going to be looking back. We'll be looking more forward. And uh, so, Kenny, you are a host of the C-Team podcast. You guys don't talk a whole lot of sports in it, but we're going to kind of put you to the test here. We know you're a big football fan, so let's just kind of jump right into the NFL. All and right. it's been uh, it's been like a week and a half since our last episode. There's been there's been a lot of big moves. Uh, the the NFL has gone through like franchise tags, finalizing the cap space, a lot of guys being cut. But they're really like three major ones that we're going to discuss today. And we're going to start with J.J. Watt. So the Houston Texans released J.J. Watt just uh, about a week after the Super Bowl. And there was a long period of time of where's J.J. going to go? People trying to like break down his like cryptic tweets and Instagram posts and stuff. And uh, there's all this speculation. Oh, is he going to go to Pittsburgh to play with his brothers? Is he going to go to Cleveland to play against his brothers? Is he going to go to Green Bay, go back home? He went to college in Wisconsin, go to Tennessee, play with uh, his old defensive coordinator, Mike Brabel, and get to face the Texans twice a year. Is he going to go ring chase in Tampa or Kansas City or Buffalo? And in the end, he ends up signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Two years, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. Absolutely just taking all that money right away. No ring chase, no pay cut. He's... He's getting paid pretty much what he was getting paid by Houston before they cut him. 
Yeah, I was pretty surprised by the choice of the Arizona Cardinals. If you gave me maybe a dozen guesses, I would have eventually gotten to the Cardinals, but they definitely wouldn't have been at the top of my list. I would have guessed what you mentioned, maybe the Steelers with playing with his brothers or going to Green Bay where he near where he went to college in Wisconsin and and Cleveland was definitely a hot rumor. Uh, that would definitely help their defensive line a lot. But yeah, I, I did not see Arizona coming, but luckily for him, he got uh, the money that he definitely wanted. Yeah, I heard a I heard a lot of talk. I'm not as as tuned in uh, as as you guys are about it, but I hadn't heard anything about Arizona. Uh, I my my best guess would have probably been Pittsburgh, where he's been in the league like I think a decade now, and it would make sense to me if he just you know went and played with his brothers. Pittsburgh's got a good team. I didn't really want to see him join his <laughs> brothers in Pittsburgh because I'm not a fan, but. Uh, I mean, it would have been it would have been cool for them. It would have been it would have been a, a good story, and I think it 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 would have been cool. But um, I certainly didn't see Arizona coming. Um, but it, it's interesting, and it, it's interesting with the the NFC West is is kind of a, a weird division we right now, and and I still don't know what's going on with like Russell Wilson. Uh, but I can't imagine that he's he's feeling great about. Or I don't think he's feeling any better about being in Seattle with with JJ Watt in the division now. Yeah, I, I like saw a graphic recently where it's like all like the pass rush he has to go up against. So like Arizona, he's JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, and San Francisco, he is Nick Bosa, and of course the defensive line has a lot of great players outside of him. The Rams, Aaron Donald, and uh, so it is an interesting division for him to go to, given that the NFC West has three other strong teams. Um, I mean, it's always at the point where when he said like he like posted a picture of himself with a Cardinal shirt on and I still had the question. I was like, the Cardinals, <laughs> where did that come from? But I never fully bought into the Steelers just because the cap situation wasn't great there. And then, like so many other teams he was connected to. It's like, oh, he's just going to take like a five million dollar deal. Never made any sense. I I don't think he's worth 15, 16 million a year like Arizona gave him. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily blame the Cardinals for wanting to take advantage of uh, the opportunity to bring in Watt, even if it means paying him a ton. But once those numbers started to get thrown out, it's like there's no way he's coming to Pittsburgh. There's no way he's going to Green Bay. Like he's, I have no idea where he was going to go. Uh, but it, it never made sense that he was going to take a, a short deal and just start ring chasing because he can do that in two years now. If he wants to go play with TJ and Derek in two years, he can do that. If he wants to go to Green Bay in two years, he can do that. If he wants to go play with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City in two years, he can still do that and take a minimum deal because he he this is his last opportunity to get paid so i uh i definitely understand him taking that route even if arizona is like maybe a playoff contender and probably not a super bowl contender i thought it was an overpayment by arizona now you said that he should ring chase after this last deal that he's getting right now and instead of right now when he's maybe at the back end of his prime Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I still think he, I mean, the fact that he's getting $23 million guaranteed for the next two years tells me that he can play another year if he wants to, and that he sells a chance. Like, if he was at the back end of his career already, then he wouldn't have gotten $31 and he's million. Had, he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of injuries in his career, and he he's has, also, yeah. he's had a lot of losing seasons with Houston in his career as well and I just I feel oh, no, like he's this had would be a lot time. of winning seasons with Houston he just had a lot of seasons where they lose in the divisional round that, that's a good point the wild as well. card round. I mean I mean it doesn't even make a difference they're not making it they're not Super Bowl contenders so like I, I don't know I I don't blame him because of the money the, the amount of money that Arizona is giving him so but I I still I think if I were JJ I, at some point you you want a ring to cap off 
uh, a great career, in yep. my opinion. And he can get it in 2023 or 2024 <laughs> even. So I mean, so do you do you think that the the Cardinals don't have any shot of of being that team for him? I thought that they were going to be a playoff team this year, and they looked yeah. really good. They had like a, a just an epic collapse down the stretch in in December, and. I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough for me to say that. It really depends on Kyler Murray because if he can yeah. take like the next step and be in that same kind of category as guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, then his chances are, are much better. But it just it, it feels like the Cardinals are further away than most of the other teams he was being connected to. And it's hard given their division as well, like you said, that yeah. there are they could three be the other <laughs> They, they, you can make a case they're the worst team in the division, and they're not a bad team. They're, no, like they could be a, a nine and team. seven team that finishes fourth in division. Unrealistic, like for that to happen, but like they could have like the talent to be so much better than they are. But you know, they just are competing against better teams. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm not. I would have been okay with him going to the Steelers. Like I said, I never expected it to happen because of Pittsburgh's cap situation. And a big part of that was because Ben Roethlisberger was looking at a $41 million cap hit coming into the season. And uh, a lot of questions about what he would end up doing, whether he would retire, whether the Steelers would want him back. They ultimately reach a restructured deal where Ben's cap hit was reduced all the way down to $26 million, which was only a few million dollars short than what it have, have, would, would have been had he just been straight up cut at $22 million. So... The way that I look at this is I don't think that Roethlisberger coming back makes the Steelers any more of a Super Bowl contender than they were last season. I imagine they're going to lose a ton of guys because of that bad cap space issue. But I think it's crazy for any Steelers fan to be upset about this. And there have been so many just crazy reactions to the Steelers bringing back Big Ben for this next season. I haven't, I mean, you certainly would be more uh, aware of, of those opinions, but I, I didn't see any any reactions like that from, from the Steelers fans. Um, it's, it's, it's surprising to me to hear that they feel that way, where he, especially where he took the pay cut. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that most people recognize this as the best case scenario. I think there are some yeah. people that were like, uh, I mean, I was upset with the, the way the Browns game played out and him throwing I mean, those yeah. interceptions early. And it was tough. And it's like, oh, is he over the hill? Like, this is done. They they can't bring him back. They have to move on from him. But, I mean, the reality is, what's what's the alternative? Mason Rudolph, right. Dwayne Haskins, like a, a third-round pick quarterback. It, it just didn't make any sense for this year. There's no There's no great succession plan in place right now. Right now, I mean, this this does seem like best case scenario to me, and and maybe maybe with the cut, they'll be able to try to have a better team than if he than if he'd been getting more money. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that I from 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 what I've seen of the Steelers, I don't think that they're in a in any certainly no better of a spot than last season. Um, but yeah, this I don't really see how this is not best case scenario at, at least at the quarterback position. No, I mean this is like this is by far their best option for next season. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't have any faith in Mason Rudolph or, or Duck Hodges or whom whoever else is on their radar at quarterback, uh, or on their team. I, I, it's really Big Ben or nothing in my opinion for next season. And I think Big Ben, I've said this in the past couple episodes, but yeah, I think he only has one year left, and I, I, I think the Steelers, I think they have to pretend it's like kind of an all-in kind of year 
for next season? I mean, I don't know how you can see it any I mean, other way. I know it's it's tough because you don't know what the quarterback position is going to look like beyond 2021. So it's tough to say how all in this team should be. Uh, but at the same time, like there's a lot of young guys on defense that this team isn't just going to go anywhere. And like if you were to substitute Ben for like lesser quarterbacks, it's not like the team would just bottom out and it's like, oh, you should have cut Ben so you could get a high draft pick. Like that's just not something that's happened with Mike Tomlin. And they went eight and eight two years ago with Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So I don't know if Tomlin's capable of having a sub 500 team. And like when I say crazy reactions, so a lot of it is from you know, Browns fans, Ravens fans, even Bengals fans. And you're like, thank you. Yeah, we're so happy Big Ben's back, which is like, right. first of all, he's owned the division for the better part of 17 years. Like, you get one playoff win over him, and all of a sudden, none <laughs> of that matters. And he threw for 500 yards in that game, too. It, like, it's, it's not like he was just, like, totally dead. Um, and then, of course, there's, like, actual experts saying that the Steelers should have just moved on from him. He's not the kind of quarterback he once was. And uh, one of my favorite ones is from Mike Tannenbaum. He was a former general manager of the New York Jets. And he tweeted out uh, just a few minutes, basically, after Adam Schefter announced the, the terms of um, Ben's, Ben's like new contract and pay structure and everything. He says, the Steelers should have released Roethlisberger, who's 39 years old. Clearly, his best days are behind him, and now they'll have the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North, not only this year, but also next year. So my first reaction to that is fourth best quarterback in the division is debatable at best. He, I mean, if you just compare him to Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield's numbers last season, he threw more yards, more touchdown passes, only one fewer interception, and his passer rating was like 94 to Baker's 95, Lamar's 99. Now, Joe Burrow is a tough one because he didn't play the full season. He got injured. I don't know if it's fair to try to extrapolate some of his his stats. But, uh, I mean, we just look at that. It's, okay, even if you want to say that Ben is four out of four, it, it's close. It's not like he's so far and away worse than those other yeah, three guys. He, yeah, I don't agree with that. I mean, would I rank him fourth? Maybe, but it's definitely debatable. I mean, I, I'm super high on Joe Burrow. I've said that many times, but he's also... Uh, one year into into his NFL career, and he has a terrible old line, and he's and coming then, off a big injury. Yeah, and he's coming off again. Yeah, a huge injury. And then Lamar, I've always been critical of him as a as a passer, but he has plenty of speed. And then Baker, yeah, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan, but he did have a good year last season, and he has the best offensive line in the entire league. So, uh, I think I think to rank Big Ben fourth isn't isn't a isn't bad or dumb, but to say that it's he's not even close to the other three guys, I, I think that's probably not not accurate. And, and one thing I never I I feel like sometimes people undervalue experience and and Ben has Ben knows how to win. He's he has experience going all the way. It you look at Lamar Jackson, yeah, he's mobile and and he's had he's had some difficulty with passing, but certainly he's talented, and I don't think anyone's disputing that, but. I don't have confidence in him being able to really win the big games at this point. And I think that I had that feeling after the f- the first playoff loss he got. And it, it wasn't a hard and fast opinion I had because it was one game. And I think it was kind of viewed a little bit as a, as a, as a hot take then, but I don't know. I just, until, until he proves himself a little more, I, I don't know if it's fair to say that I would put Roethlisberger ahead of him or, it's it's hard with, I think that I think that you know 
each each quarterback in the division might be like the best at different things or, or yeah. better in different ways. Yeah, comparing them to Lamar, they're they both have completely different experiences and they both have different skill sets. So it's it's kind of hard right. to compare the two. Yeah, it's I I I've I've talked too about this to to people who who don't really follow football at all and they're with discussions of like greatest of all time or comparing different quarterbacks they're like well certainly there has to be some measure that experts go to and say this player is better and there's just not from everything i know unless i'm i'm missing something big um there's all these different ways to measure things and people play so differently that i don't think four out of four is fair for ben and like you say Corey, if 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 that is the take then it's very close yeah, so I, I wasn't necessarily expecting you guys to go as back and forth with that as you did. But anyway, that, that was basically the point. It was like, even if you want to say he's fourth, it's like saying that he's the fourth best. It's almost like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D in this case right, because they're right. all so close together if you want to make that argument. But even then, like, even if you want to say Ben is the fourth best in the division, who are the Steelers going to bring in that's a better quarterback that's not the fourth best? Like, Mason Rudolph, fourth best. Dwayne Haskins, fourth best. Kyle right. Trask, fourth best. Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I don't know who else the team could have brought in that you wouldn't say that exact same thing about. So, I mean, Mike Tannenbaum, the the ultimate trump card that anyone can said, say when they disagree with him, especially with his ability to evaluate quarterbacks, you drafted Mark Sanchez with the fifth overall pick. So, <laughs> you know, what, what do you know? Like, you're you're the expert here, and it, it is it is awesome though because I mean, you want to talk about tweet ratio? He received so you know at the time of recording. I don't know if it's changed much since I looked at it earlier today. Um, Twenty three retweets, one hundred forty four quote tweets, and three hundred forty nine replies. So, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a lot of hate from a lot of different directions on a uh, Mike Tannenbaum, and I, I love to see you know people just attacking someone like that because it's just it's just a silly thing to say at this point. So I mean, hey, I'd love to agree with them, but I I don't. <laughs> you know, my my optimism is pretty tempered, but I I feel I feel good about the serious chances with Ben at quarterback compared to whatever the alternative could have been. So. With that, let's uh, let's talk about another quarterback who agreed to an extension. Uh, much different scenario, though, in this case, and that is Dak Prescott after two-plus years of going back and forth between Dak, his agents, and the Jones family. The Cowboys finally pony up a ton of money for Dak Prescott. He gets a four-year, $160 million extension with $126 million guaranteed, $66 million at signing, $75 million in the first year. And uh, what are your reactions to Dak finally getting this massive contract from Dallas? Uh, good for Dak, for sure. I mean, <laughs> after everything he went through last season, getting that horrific injury, uh, I'm glad that the Cowboys did him well and still paid him top dollar it still it also still feels like an overpayment but i'm not but again though i'm not gonna say oh the the cowboys should have looked somewhere else for a different quarterback or draft another guy i i would have plan a i agree that it was to keep Dak, but it does feel like a lot of money Uh, i saw a stat that uh tony romo in his 14 seasons uh, as the dallas cowboys quarterback he made 125 million dollars Dak is getting 126 million guaranteed in the next uh, uh, four years four or seasons, so. Yeah. yeah, four seasons, which is mind-boggling. I know it's a different time, but that's that still feels super crazy. And I don't know. I, I think it's time for the Cowboys to stop underachieving now and start becoming 
uh, an elite football team, the one I imagined I thought they would be for for last season, but that obviously did not come to fruition. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just enough with the excuses now for Dallas. I think it's time for them to really become a better team and start beating uh, good football teams. I mean, Dak throughout his career, ever since he entered the NFL, he's 13 and 20 versus teams that finished the season with a winning, winning record. That's not going to get the job done. So uh, it's good for Dak, good for the Cowboys that they have uh, a plan at quarterback still for the next several years. But uh, I, I, I'm looking for Dallas to make that next jump if I were uh, part of their organization. Yeah, it. Uh, I, from what I've seen of Dak, he's been when he's when he's been able to play, he's been he's been really good. But uh, it does seem like a lot of money, and it seems like they. I don't know. It's like I. I. It feels like okay. Here's your money now. Now really prove that you're worth this much, rather than him proving it and then getting it. And granted, he didn't get the opportunity last season. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that may have factored in, if at all, to the to the deal. But it is. I mean, certainly. In terms of players getting paid more, time yeah, times have changed, but it it's it's a ton of money. Um, I I I hopefully he lives up to it for the Cowboys' sake. Um, I think he I think he will as long as as long you know barring any other any other tragic injury. But um, it's 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 it is a lot. It's a lot for what I for what I've seen from him. I would say. So, I mean. Is it crazy to say that Dak's injury was almost like a blessing in disguise? Because I don't know if he gets this kind of money if he doesn't get hurt like that. Because people saw what the Cowboys were like those first four and a half games with Dak Prescott as their quarterback versus when they had to turn to Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci and right. uh, you know Garrett Gilbert. Like, you I, can make I a, think that. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with that. I mean, the the Cowboys before Dak got hurt. I mean, I think they were a decent team but they were they were scoring a lot of points but they're also but they're the losing games on defense sucks. yeah and, and then that's not Dak's fault once Dak so. got hurt yeah we saw guys like Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci just not living up to expectations whatsoever and I mean the expectations were already kind of low I know guys, but like... I think they were even worse than I even imagined <laughs> even as backup quarterbacks uh, I, the, I don't know if you guys remember Ben DiNucci's one start versus the Eagles yeah I do on Sunday night that. he was, couldn't yeah. he couldn't could barely complete a pass uh, yeah so. I mean the, and like just looking at that it just shows how valuable Dak Prescott is to the Cowboys and I I was a little surprised to see him get that you know 40 million dollar AAV that Deshaun Watson got I was expecting it to be a little lower but I mean he bet on himself by not signing a deal earlier playing on the franchise tag getting hurt and he still ends up getting a ton of money I knew he was going to get paid um, yeah. In terms of whether this is an overpay, honestly, I think it comes down to what's going to happen with the salary cap post-2021. Is it going to spike up a ton? If they go to 17 games or even 18 games, if they get a new TV deal, by the end of this, you'll be like, wow, like is, was Dak like one of the biggest bargains in the league? Is Because that's, that's just what the going rate for quarterbacks is at this point. And like, any guy who is an above-average starting quarterback like Dak Prescott is, is going to get a ton of money. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo made, what, five starts with the 49ers and instantly became the highest-paid starting quarterback in the NFL. That's just, yeah. that's just how this works. So I'm not shocked at all by the money. Dak is absolutely worth it. The problem with the Cowboys is they've spent so much money elsewhere on 
on guys who haven't lived up to the bill. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, has, Ezek- that has Ezekiel not been Elliott. worth paying him that. Even on like, the defensive side of the ball, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, those guys have not lived up to the expectations when they were given huge contract extensions. But none of that's Dak's fault. You can say Dak Prescott right. is 13-20 and 20, uh, against teams with a winning record. His last two starts against teams with a winning record, so week three and four before his injury, he lost to the Seahawks 38 to 31 and the Browns 49 to 38. That's not necessarily on Dak. He put enough points up on yeah. the board that you should realistically be able to win those games. So, uh, but all that being said, Dak Prescott was the best bargain in the entire league for four years, and now the Cowboys are paying him a ton of money when when he was making like a million, two million a year. They only got one playoff win in four seasons. So. You know, it, it it's the reality of how you construct rosters in the NFL these days. Dallas needs to do so much more stuff. But the way I'm looking at it is 2021. They can go 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, maybe win the NFC East. What are they going to do in the future? Like, how are they going to continue to build on this team, especially when some of those bigger contracts become easier to move? So, um, I mean, that that's kind of the way I'm looking at this with Dak Prescott. I think it's a great deal for him, and I think it's a good deal for Dallas. And they, they certainly lost out on this one by waiting so long to pay him. But at the same time, they keep a guy that has helped them win in the fold. So, And, I mean, we did talk about Tony Romo. It is incredible. So the Cowboys in 1989, they draft Troy Aikman, first overall pick. He wins three Super Bowls, zero regrets there. And then they spend five years trying to find his replacement, and it ends up being Tony Romo, an undrafted rookie. And like I know his the team's success wasn't great, just like with Dak Prescott, but he was still a, a great quarterback. He got him a playoff victory. He kept him in contention. And then when Tony Romo goes down, they turn to a fourth-round pick, Dak Prescott, just like a forgotten guy, and all of a sudden he's the next franchise quarterback. So it just shows that you can get a franchise quarterback out of anywhere, and Dallas is kind of the ultimate embodiment of all over the draft so anyway uh let's take a break from the nfl talk um and let's actually take a break from sports in general so dr seuss i'm sure you guys uh, have read a lot of his works over the years he is a renowned children's author uh so many of his books have just become such a huge part of our culture, turned into movies, all this stuff. Um, well, there's a, I don't know if it's already happened or it's still coming up, but there was some kind of like a, a big national reading day and some school in Virginia decided that Dr. Seuss would no longer be a part of their reading day curriculum. And Dr. Seuss's publishers decided to stop publishing a few of his works because they were just blatant racism associated with them. And, uh, of course, this has kind of gone totally out of control with people trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. So, I guess, what are, what are you guys' thoughts? Like, what were your immediate reactions when you started hearing some of these, uh, these things, like, going on with Dr. Seuss and some of his works kind of being cited and, uh, you know, removed from publication and everything? Well... So I saw, I think it was a tweet. I saw somewhere online, someone had pretty much been like, if they had just stopped selling these books and not issued a press release, no one would have really noticed and this probably wouldn't be happening to them. I agree. I There were six books, I think. Yeah, I don't six think books. I'd heard of, I don't think I'd heard of any of them. Oh, I, I don't recall. I think reading, one of them, like any Mulberry any Street. Mulberry that Street one sounded, sounded familiar. familiar. Yeah. But I don't even, like, I couldn't tell you anything about it. The name just sounds familiar. Yeah. When I heard about this, my immediate reaction was, what's wrong with green eggs and ham and in the cat in the hat 
<laughs> right. Like he, yeah, he didn't just have like five books, you know, there were, there were more, um, in terms of, in terms of Dr. Seuss as a whole, uh, he was he was a bad guy. That's not news to me. Yeah, I uh, didn't know any of that. I had never heard yeah. any of that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing some of these like drawings and comics he did in like the 30s and 40s. I'm like, wow. Like, why why did I not hear about this sooner? So like, right. I I totally understand a lot of that, especially removing those six books where it's like, yeah, there was like actual racist intention with these. Um, I mean, that being said, he also kind of changed his ways as far as i know like horton hears a who was supposed to be kind of like a redemption story for him especially with some of his views about like japanese internment during world war ii so i i think that I, i'm kind of torn on him when it comes to some of the like the reactions to totally canceling him um and it's it's a tough one with some of these these people where it's like you have someone who like was a really bad person, but isn't like turning life around supposed to be like one of the things that you strive for is like, yeah, yes, turn yes. racist into non-racist. Um, and like all that being said though, he wasn't actually canceled. I mean, first of all, he died 30 years ago. He's what are you dead. even canceling? Yeah. <laughs> like he was canceled 30 years ago when, when he died. That's, that's why and, I was wondering, like we're canceling out dead people now, like from uh, well, ages ago. <laughs> I mean, I think there's 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 a, a couple of questions you can ask here, and and people I've seen you know cancel culture criticized, um, and and I think that there's some validity to the criticism in that, yeah, if you're not giving people the opportunity to improve, then then I don't really then what are you doing? And I mean, certainly mm-hmm. there 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 are different there are things you can do that that don't deserve forgiveness, um, in in my opinion at least, but. Yeah, if you if you change your beliefs, change your your views from 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 things that are damaging to other people, then yeah, that's that should be encouraged. Um, I think there's also the question of uh, separating someone someone the person from the work. And granted, this we're talking about works in which there were racist views presented. But the the illusion of Dr. Seuss was shattered for me a few years ago when someone told me about the situation between him and his his ill wife, which I don't know if either of you two are familiar. I thought I I think I vaguely heard something about it. If you want to like describe that more. Yeah, his so his wife was like chronically ill and and she I don't know if she was dying. I think that she was just ill for like the dozenth time or something like very seriously ill. And while she was in the hospital, or at least while she was ill, he he cheated on her, um, his his wife Helen Palmer, and then she she took her own life and left a note, essentially being like, "You leave me in a position where I don't know what to do," something like, "I don't know if I should like run away or burn the house down." And then eight months after that, he married the woman that he cheated on her with. So he was a bad guy. He was okay. a bad yeah. dude. No, I don't know the timeline of like when guy. the stories came out. Uh, so, it, it, you know, if if he changed his views and, and stopped doing racist things and had things like Horton Hears a Who, and if you want to separate that from the person he was, like, honestly, okay, I don't know that I can, but I'm still going to watch Mike Myers' Cat in the Hat because I think it's a phenomenal piece of cinema, you know? Like I just, or I'm How gonna... the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, that was good, too. Yeah. I didn't see the new one, though. No, I'm I'm talking about I, the old one. I, yeah, I like I, the the uh, I, I like how the, the Grinch Stole well. Christmas better um, than Cat in the Hat. But yeah, I mean, well, and I guess like another thing that comes out of this is this whole idea that like, oh, the left is canceling Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss immediately like the top 
of the top 50 best-selling books on Amazon, 42 of them were Dr. Seuss books. That, that's not being canceled to me. That's that's all of a sudden the, the publishing company who's censoring him by stopping to sell these books, which, first of all, it's not censorship. It's not the government doing that. It's a private company deciding we're not going to publish these books anymore. They, they're they making all this money off of Dr. Seuss now. And, like, all the, the uh, whatever, 48 other works. I, I don't know what the total is, but, like, all this all these other stuff that are, are viewed as, like, still a positive thing for him so it's just kind of like a ridiculous just some of the the reactions that have come out of this i mean ultimately i personally don't care a ton like i i don't like necessarily look back on dr seuss as this like huge part of my childhood like i read some of his books but he was never like one of my my go-to authors and right i mean i i can sit here and say like i enjoy a lot of like the films and stuff but it's not like a i have to go back and watch them every single year around a you know a certain time of the season or whatever so i mean ultimately i feel like it's a lot of just kind of fake outrage but at the same yeah. time there's also like his his books that were canceled are going for like a thousand dollars so it's like <laughs> what is going on with that it's just it's right. just crazy like the way that people have have kind of taken this out of proportion yeah i don't really care much about dr seuss whatsoever i just hate what the cancel culture has become like who we're setting out to to cancel i mean i don't know if you guys heard this this is sort of off topic but last year freaking aunt jemima pancakes pancake mix that got canceled (laughs) i just i I just hate how i heard about that i i just hate what the cancel culture has become over the past year and where it's now led to children's books with dr seuss now um, I, I mean, I think one just kind of on the long lines of Dr. Seuss that I thought was ridiculous was there was like someone tried to cancel Genghis Khan, which is like he's <laughs> he died a thousand years ago. What are we doing here? Um, and like it, it's just it, it's interesting when you have like a lot of like dead people kind of get into this because like one thing that we had talked about is like trying to turn your life around and stuff like they don't have the opportunity to defend themselves at this right. point. It's like I don't know. I think I think in this case of like Dr. Seuss, it's just people are going to have all of these opinions about it and like have this feeling that oh everything's being canceled but the reality is he's not being canceled his books are going off the charts right now some of them are coming out of publication by a private company and schools can decide whether or not they're going to you know honor this guy still celebrate this guy because for every one person it seems like that's canceling dr seuss there's 10 people going out and making sure that he doesn't go anywhere so it's just like, I mean, that's just kind of like the epitome of cancel culture these days, it feels like. Yeah, and he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he was canceled 30 years ago. Why cancel him again? <laughs> so anyway, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, if you're listening to this episode on the day it's released, it is March 11th. And March 11th is a significant day for a few reasons. First of all, it's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. If you're listening to this, I, I hope Happy so. Birthday. I don't know. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy so, birthday. Happy birthday. Um, It's also Didier Drogba's birthday. So uh, at the beginning of our episodes, when the like the whole like he's done it intro plays, it's uh, Martin Tyler yelling, he's done it. Uh, The he is Didier Drogba. He scored a game winning goal. UEFA Champions League, I think it was 2012 for Chelsea against Bayern in Munich. Uh, you know, it's on a penalty kick, this big thing. So happy birthday, Didier Drogba. Thanks for uh, helping us have a, a solid intro to our episodes here on this podcast 
And uh, I think like the biggest one that March 11th will always be associated with is the day that the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic. And I think that's just like the, the realization that we've come through it a full year now has like really gotten a lot of people just to think back, you know, where they were, like, what was the timeline like for them? Like, what was the moment when they realized, oh, this is like a real thing? And um, I mean, I guess like, what, what was that like for you guys? Like, what was some of your, your like timelines in those like final weeks or days before all of this became what it is? Well, to be totally honest, I don't remember the exact uh, the exact day of it. Um, I was working at Starbucks, and we were still open. Um, they, my area, my store had us open um, through the seventeenth. So th- I remember the seventeenth very well because it was the day. It was the day that we. Well, it was also the day that Tom Brady uh, said he was leaving New England. But it was the day uh, when we were told we were closing. Like partway through the day, they said we're closing for at least two weeks, and so we had to start cleaning everything up. Um, and there was, you know, I remember outrage building up to the week, like in the week before, because people were upset that we were still open when when a pandemic had been declared. But I don't remember the exact day or the exact moment or anything. I just remember that it led to people that I worked with being upset. And then eventually we, we closed down for a bit and, you know, a whole lot of other stuff happened, but, uh, it's, it, that, it was very different a year ago. Certainly. I remember the, the exact day for me personally, when I knew it was for real, I think it was actually the day after, uh, the Rudy Gobert situation. I remember it was a Thursday. So I, I think this is March 12th. It was a Thursday yeah. and I was, I was at a place called Boston Billiards uh, in Nashua with a few of my friends. Uh, we were at Boston Billiards and I looked up on the TV and I see Players Championship, a golf tournament that's also coming up uh, this week, uh, says Players Championship has officially been canceled. And I'm like, oh my God, like this, this, because I'm a, as, as you guys know, like, I'm a huge fan of uh, the PJ Tour and I follow, follow it uh, religiously. And when that happened, that was the moment for me and we're like, Wow, this is this is just getting started, and this is for real, and this is not good whatsoever. And um, I don't. I remember. I think the day before, though, when the Rudy Gobert thing happened, I think I was just at home and I saw it on the TV. Uh, but I, I told Corey and Ben this, and I'm sure other listeners know as well. I don't know if Kenny knows, but uh, the week before, it was um, Friday, March sixth, and I got. For my birthday, I bought Celtics tickets for myself, and I went with uh, a couple of friends. And we, the Celtics were playing the Jazz that night, and Rudy Gobert was on the I was on the Utah Jazz, of course. And I had pretty close seats. I I, I was near front row, and just thinking back on it, it's like wow, the uh, a guy that I just saw five days before near front row seats is the guy that tested positive. And I'm thinking. I don't, I, do I have COVID or, or not? Like, I, I don't really think that, but it's, it's crazy to think like, wow, I was that far, only that far away from the guy who kind of quote unquote started it all. If, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people, like when Rudy Gobert tested positive for the virus and the NBA decided to suspend its season, I think that was like a real moment for a lot of people. Like I know for me, that was when it really started to put into perspective because like, I remember like the month before just reading about the coronavirus on Twitter and like 
you started to hear all the stuff about the lockdowns in China. And I'm like, oh, that would be horrible if that happens here. I really don't want that. And like, I, I, it didn't really occur to me like just how realistic it was. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, this could happen, but I don't think it will. And um, I was in Charlotte, like the so like the second to last weekend of February. I think it was around like the twenty second or so. And I I was at Top Golf, and on TV they were showing CNN saying that Italy has been like overtaken by COVID-19. I don't remember exactly, you know, what was going on there, like what made them say that. But then it was like, oh, this is somewhere other than just China. Like this has gone to another country, totally different continent. And then, I mean, just like little things, like the following weekend uh, in Raleigh, like Ben actually came up. We went to a Hurricanes game. Before the game, we went to a bar and they had a poster for Corona Extra. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, that's a little insensitive right now like just you know like there's such a ridiculous thing but it's like yeah corona like that's like a legitimate thing and i remember like a lot of people would post like snapchats and videos of them drinking corona it's like oh coronavirus like before you realize just what it would turn into um and i actually went to a zach brown band concert um you know, at, at PNC Arena, same place as at the Hurricanes game, then go to Zach Brown Band concert, like all these big things. Just a huge arena, totally packed show, 20,000 plus other people. And like, I didn't really think anything of it at the time, um, which is like just crazy looking back on it, realizing how oh, this is probably like a kind of a dangerous thing to do, just given how everything played out. But because I was going to that concert, I decided to work from home the next day. Um, just, you know, realizing it was a Wednesday night, like I, I'm not going to be in a position to go into the office. And then, you know, after that, I just kind of kept working from home. And especially as like some of the COVID stuff, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to go in right now. And then they made this, you know, like we are just going to work from home the whole time. And here I am over a year later, still haven't been back into the office. And it's just like kind of crazy thinking back on all of that. Um, because it's, it was like, just like the way that everything all happened, it just really escalated just kind of almost out of nowhere. Where it's like, this is a thing to like, Oh, this is a thing to, this is a thing. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is remarkable just trying to like think back and like some of the things that I was doing right before when it's like COVID was here and just, you know, realizing that, you know, what if, what if we had done this sooner? Um, just because of all this stuff that, that was still going on pretty much up until the last minute. So, well, it's, it's crazy for me to think about like just how different I was just thinking about how different things were like where at at my work, people wanted to start wearing masks and we were told, no, you aren't allowed to wear masks. And like someone else I know had to go for his work. He had to go to meetings on, on like coronavirus protocols. And he was like rolling his eyes about how ridiculous it was. And like, People were sending memes around and I bought plane tickets in, I think like May to travel in November. And I was like, this might get canceled, but like, I don't want to have it be November and, you know, not have bought tickets and I could have gone. That's crazy. That's great. And like (laughs) when, like my dad was sending me stuff in like February or maybe early March of last year about how my trip to, I had a trip to Germany in May that might get canceled. And I was like, 
yeah, I think if that is going to happen, dad, then we're going to have like bigger problems going on. I was right. But like I, I had I that exact same conversation with my yeah. dad about our trip to Europe that was supposed to happen. Cause I, I mean, Italy was, was in bad shape. And like, that's why right. I was like talking to him. That was a week or so before the pandemic was declared. And he said like, yeah, I mean, if we can't go in September, then this is a full blown pandemic. And then yeah. that became the reality right. like yeah. three days later. So. Yeah, I just uh, it it was like kind of crazy thinking back as well because like I remember thinking in March when like plane tickets and everything were down as like oh I want to go ahead and book travel like go to like Florida in May like all this stuff like that's gonna happen right like it's I was under the impression I don't know about you guys I thought when this first happened it would be like a month or two of a lockdown like did you guys have any thought that it would be anywhere close to the year that it was I thought it'd be longer but I was thinking. At the earliest September, at the latest, like now, a, a year tops. So you like not, knew going so in, I, it would I, be a long. I, I wasn't thinking like Mark Cuban. I remember Mark Cuban when when the NBA was officially postponed. He said, "Oh, the, we'll look back in May, coming back in May." I'm like, I, I don't think May is realistic. But I was thinking maybe September was realistic. But even that wasn't even close either. So I was thinking longer than you, but I was probably even too optimistic than reality as well so it's hard for me to remember because i talked to you Corey, in probably like april or something of last year and you were talking about your your trip to europe that you're supposed to go on and i was like i was like i don't know i think maybe by by it was september right i was like i think maybe by september it'll be okay so i want to say that i that i thought it would be long term but i mean i bought like i say i bought plane tickets in like april Uh so i i think that i I think that I knew it could be a long time, but I I didn't really expect it to to be like this. Yeah, I mean, I do remember a week into lockdown reading, um, like seeing like, I don't know what it was, but some kind of graph that basically estimated that it would all be back to normal in August. And I remember having just like this existential crisis, like I'm going to have to lock myself in my apartment for five months and like... (laughs) <laughs> it's just crazy. It's like, oh, that would have been great if we could have been over everything in August. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I really hope that we see the light at the end of the tunnel with all the vaccine progress. And I mean, it, it seems like cases are going down, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying not to be overly optimistic about it, but at the same time, right. I want to like feel like I have something to look forward to with uh, with this ending. I mean, things are trending in a good direction. It's just that. It's- Stupid things keep happening to get in the way, like with Texas and with I'm worried about I think it's next week. A lot of a lot of spring breaks are happening and I don't know what's going to happen with. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that, that was if, like a big thing at the time a, a right. year ago was that people were right. going to travel and bring it back all over the country. Right. And and so I, I think that we are in a spot where we can we can be on the upswing of everything. It's just people people really have to be like it's smart about it. And it seems like, I don't know. It seems like people, instead of having the attitude of we're so close, let's just get there. They're like, it's been too long. I'm done. And it's like, we're, we're so close guys. We're <laughs> so close. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I, I hope, I hope we're, I hope we're almost there. I'm not overly optimistic. I, I, I barely even, pe- <laughs> I remember when this all started or even before it started back in even January and February and then beginning of March, I would Google coronavirus stuff all the time and look yeah. where 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 it's heading and if it's going to head uh to the US and I was googling googling stuff all the time and and I remember when, at the Celtics game the week before it 
NBA shut down and other things shut down, there there were people wearing masks uh, at the Celtics game. So that's when really? I felt like it was it, it it was hitting here and it was going to be a, a for real kind of thing. And 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 I was still googling stuff about COVID even when it all started, of course, uh, learning more about it. But ever since March and April, I, I've I try to not paying attention to the news whatsoever. So I I try not to get overly optimistic, even with maybe a possibly possibly a light at the end of the tunnel with all the the vaccine progress that we're having right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I know, like when the uh, you know the summer months were around, it, it felt like that was a opportunity for you know things to not spread as easily with you know people having you know more reasons to go outside and stuff, but. Uh, and I don't know. We'll we'll see how things go. Um, so back when like the pandemic was declared and everyone is going crazy, going to the grocery store and stuff. Uh, one big thing that everyone said was to go and like wash your hands all the time. So um, as I mentioned, my mom's birthday it was this time a year ago. So I wound up going to um, the mall to get her a gift card to Cheesecake Factory, which I'm um, almost positive she hasn't even touched in the last year uh did not get another one this year uh, but i i also stopped at the bath and body works at the mall and picked up a ton of hand soap so that way i would be well armed for the the coming months and that brings us to our our next segment here as uh there was a huge viral video over the weekend of a fight in scottsdale arizona and did you guys both watch the video? Yeah. Yeah, I eventually watched it, yeah. Yeah, so it's like two like older women. Uh, you know, one of them, I don't know if she has a name. She's just been called a, a Karen to this point. Um, it didn't look like she was wearing a mask in the video. And I think that a lot of the, uh, like from what I've heard, was like the fight started because another customer was uncomfortable like she was too close to her and I, I imagine not having a mask on just you know made that even worse and yeah it, it led to a, a whole massive brawl with uh with customers even employees getting involved start like tackling these like women to the ground and I, i've seen a lot of fight videos in public places over the years but i think that this one was almost the most shocking just given that of all places that happened it was in a bath and body works <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched I so I watched uh one video. I think the I think the one that like went viral, like the mm -hmm. the the main one. Um and it almost looked at first like the employees were the ones who who started the physical uh portion of the fight. Uh and it was a little hard to see the details in that video, but I I then found another one where someone had started recording earlier. Um, the, the blonde woman in the video definitely was not wearing a mask in that, in that video that I saw. And her friend, from what I saw, it started when her friend, people were being separated by the employees who were, you know, trying to, to keep each other, keep, keep the customers apart and not let a, a, an actual fight break out, but they weren't touching anyone. Uh, and then what the friend of the, of the, the maskless blonde woman, uh, threw something at the, at the other customer who was upset with her. And that's when like punches started being thrown and, and it got more, it got more physical. So I don't think it was at all the fault of the employees there. It was, it was, it was crazy to see, like you say, in a bath and body works of all places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, uh, like, I don't know, has bath and body works put out a statement yet about this because Not that I've they seen. were trending on Sunday and they just posted like, 
I, I'm I'm looking at their Twitter account right now and seeing if I can find anything because I remember they yeah they're at least not on their Twitter account and like I I love Bath and Body Works like th- this is exciting <laughs> to me of like a place that I'm like oh maybe I would fight someone there over hand so which like. <laughs> ridiculous concept it, anyway it does but, smell great there when you go there oh i i love their products um and they did tweet out so sunday was march 7th right that was that's correct. it yeah. happened march on a 7th, saturday right. yeah they tweeted out on sunday just like a a thing about like sharing self-care tips and <laughs> like so many people were just replying in the contents about like, oh, you better not fire these people. Like, how, how are you not putting out a statement or anything? And they've made one tweet. They made a tweet again today, six hours ago, just advertising their Easter scented candles. And like, they're, they're just, they're not addressing this a thing. So I don't know. I don't think I have a reason to like, feel like I, I shouldn't go there anymore. Like I I've personally haven't been someone who like, totally subscribes to the idea of like canceling companies just because like it's a place that i love going to so like i would hope that they would kind of have like an appropriate reaction to this um but yeah it's like it's just like a crazy place like what i don't even know like what would be like the craziest place that you guys could see yourselves getting into a fight in in like this crazy scenario because i know (sighs) none of us ever would i mean i would i would fight someone over pizza i was gonna say it'd definitely be over pizza (laughs) with you (laughs) I was in th- Domino's, probably. Yeah, that's that's the kind of place where people who fight over pizza go to fight. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe GameStop. Uh, if I were if I wanted to get a PlayStation or Xbox that badly, and Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, or yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond, uh, where I got <laughs> yeah, my PlayStation. Brian got his PS. I, that's where I got my PlayStation for. I think. Yeah, I, I've. Have you found it. a PS Five there yet? No, so I called <laughs> on Black Friday. I did call Bed Bath and Beyond, the first place I called if they had PlayStation Fives available, and they did not. So I was not lucky two times in a row. But yeah, I got my PlayStation Four at Bed Bath, Bed Bath and Beyond. So I probably would fight someone there because there'd be great products, like not just the PlayStation, <laughs> but also uh, household goods that uh, that could help out a lot. So I, so if. If I had to guess a place, I'd probably say there. Yeah. Bed, bath, and I mean, realistically, I feel like I'd be kind of with Kenny where it's like the only place I could see myself getting into a fight is at like a restaurant, like particularly a fast food restaurant. If you're just so frustrated waiting on your order, it's like all these others are coming out. Like that's that's the only time where I've ever like felt myself really in like an upset mood. Um, but I do love Bath and Body Works, and I while I don't think I would fight anyone, like there's always enough hand soap, there's always enough stuff around. Now, of course, when you throw in not wearing a mask during a pandemic, that's when tempers are gonna start flaring a little out of control. Um, but I mean, the, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to talk about this is just because of my love of Bath and Body Works, and I actually have a box of gentle foaming hand soap um, next to me that I haven't opened yet. So, I mean, I, I can open it right now and we can look at some of the, the goodies that I got. How does that sound? Sure. I like it. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even opened it. So I do have a pair of scissors next to me because it's always a struggle. Um, but let's see. Um, so, yeah, last spring around this time, I bought 10 for. Uh, so it was when they did the two for or five for 23 sale. So it was 10 for 46. And uh, today I I just got six for twenty six. That's their newest deal. 
Although I actually got um, an alert from the ba- Bath and Body Works app on my phone saying that they had, uh, or it might have even been in just an email, but saying that they had um, soaps were three ninety five today, and I was like, well, six for twenty six, I paid four thirty three each. So that's thirty eight cents more that I paid on soap had I just waited an extra like <laughs> few days for them. And it's not like I necessarily needed new soap immediately, but I am down to my last uh, last two bottles, so it felt appropriate. And you know, it would have been nice. It would have been like two total dollars in savings. Like, who knows what I could have done with that extra two dollars? Um, I am so bad at opening boxes. I don't know about you guys, especially when tape is involved. But I finally got it open. So I mean, I gotta. I also have no idea how this sounds. Like, I'm trying to talk into the mic right now. I might be like very far away at times. No, no, it, it sounds it sounds fine. Okay. I usually just I usually just keep ripping at the cardboard until something happens. <laughs> See, that's what a lot of people do, and it's just it's so frustrating for me. So the first one I got is "Let's Get Excited," and it has like little chicks on it. It's uh, it says "Sunny Blue Skies," so maybe that's actually what the the scent is. I don't remember this one, but that's uh, sounds like a fun one uh, with Easter coming up. I also got Waikiki Beach Coconut. Do you guys like coconut? It's okay. Yeah, I'm with Kenny. It's, it's I love coconut. I'm a huge fan of it. I know a lot of people hate it. I mean, it's one of yeah. my favorite flavors. I think it's a great scent. I'm uh, I'm excited for that. Strawberry Pound Cake. Seems like I mean, a, that a sounds, solid that one. That sounds good. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds tasty. Like, I might actually eat it. Yeah, I, I might eat it. One of my <laughs> biggest <laughs> fears, <laughs> though, like, I, I don't know. I've almost done this, um, is... If I'm just like really tired or whatever, um, going to brush my teeth and accidentally using like the soap instead of toothpaste, <laughs> uh, I think that I've actually I've came close to doing that one time. Um, but yeah, that that would be the closest I would come to eating mango mai tai. So I love mangoes. I love mai tais. I'm very excited about that one. Um, here's another good one. So hip hop hooray. No oh, idea I what love, this is going to smell like, but this is a fantastic sounding name. Uh, uh, so did, I'm did, sure that that's going to be great. Did Naughty by Nature <laughs> come up with that one? <laughs> you know, uh, this is, oh, wait. Oh, okay. Sorry. I need to talk about this one. So let me, let me just wrap it up. The last one is orange and ginger. This one is, um, you know, it sounds like a, a classic hand soap scent. Not Nothing too yeah. exciting, but I, I enjoy oranges and gingers. So this one here. Sprinkled donut. I actually didn't think that I bought this. So I thought I was just buying hip hop hooray. And it was like, yeah, that sounds like a fun scent. Why not get that? It's happy Easter. Sprinkled donut is amazing. And actually that, uh, that brings me to my next point where I'm going to go ahead. And, uh, I know Brian doesn't have a list cause he shot this down. My top five bath and body work scents. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So at uh let me just let me just pull this up, make sure I don't accidentally forget anything. Um okay, so at at number five we have twisted peppermint, which is actually in my bathroom right now. I love mint things. Like I know a lot of people are like mint is toothpaste and chewing gum. I love mint chocolate chip ice cream, I love mint flavors, and I love mint scents. It's it's always nice just being able to smell your hands and be like, my hands smell like my teeth right now. So twisted peppermint, great. Number four, Japanese cherry blossom. That is probably the most popular scent that Bath and Body Works does. Uh, any list that I've been able to find on the internet has it right near or at the top. You get fruit, you get floral. It is just an amazing combination. Hard to beat it. 
But three things do. Number three, the scent that originally made me fall in love with Bath and Body Works, marshmallow pumpkin latte. Now, when it comes to pumpkin, I do not enjoy the taste of it, but I love the smell. And when you throw in marshmallow, there's just something about it. I don't know if it was like a vanilla type of scent or whatever, but it just took it to the next level. Huge fan of marshmallow pumpkin latte. Absolutely the go-to every fall. Cannot recommend it enough. Number two, I just talked about it, sprinkle donut. I'm so glad I had it because I I was like thinking about it. I was like, damn, I didn't get sprinkle donut. And I was like, this is like one of the best scents ever. Like you guys both love donuts, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love Sprinkle donuts. donuts. Yeah. Awesome. Brian, there's oh, no I way you're donuts. not a donut fan. Seriously. I'm, I'm not really a huge donut I peg fan. you as like a huge <sighs> donut fan. I don't know how I, it's, I got it's, that it's a, it's a little too sugary and I, I've had no. one pretty bad experience with it as well. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'll give you that. Like, we don't need to go into details, but I've, I've definitely yeah. been turned off by things by having just one bad experience. But regardless, Sprinkle Donuts, so great. I'm so glad that I got that. Uh, very excited to try that one out. And because it says hip hop parade or whatever, it's Easter and Easter's April 4th this year. So I have less than a month to pull it out. Otherwise, wait, it's going to be too late. Wait, so is hip hop parade like an actual type of of uh, so or is it just the the sign on the back? It's just it? I mean, it's just the the, the okay. motto, the way they advertise okay, cause, it. Okay, cuz cuz I'll admit like maybe I would get it just for just because of that, and then oh, yeah, it's just because donut, of that. and you throw up every time you you wash your hands. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, so I, maybe I get that one then. As much know. as it's number two, number one, this it's not even a competition for me. Island Margarita. Like when I talk about eating soaps, Island Margarita smells so good <laughs> that it makes me want to just drink it out of the bottle. Like when I my family did their uh their like annual beach trip this summer, my mom had a bunch of island margarita soap for the whole week and it was like wash our hands right now absolutely just it was it was the best scent i've ever had and i had some waiting for me back home uh when i got back to north carolina because i had uh you know i I bought my summer scents like that is that is the number one honestly like i could consider just buying an entire six pack of island margarita not even trying anything dude like that's just that's just how how amazing this one is i don't know if they just introduced it in 2020 or if it had been around earlier, but uh, I, I cannot recommend that one enough. Like that, Anything in the top five, absolutely like my perfect fall, spring, summer sense, but that is, that is the go-to in the summer. Island Margarita, Island Margarita, Island Margarita. All right. I, I got a question for you guys. Do you think Bath and Body Works should become like a dessert place as well? With Honestly, given, just, just like, given everything you just said with your they, top five, they all sound like they foods. They sound like or they desserts. would taste good. Yeah, why not? Or do you, or do you think there'd be a situation where a kid accidentally eats uh, a soap product oh, instead of wait, a food product? You know what? Now that you say that, and though, then they'd be sued, and then it, it, they would get canceled, and then they would shut down. So they're in. Um, I think it was in MGM Grand. There was a like soap, like Bath and Body Works type local shop in the hotel right and all of their products were made like desserts so it's literally the combination i remember the whole time i'm in there they're like this looks delicious i want to eat all of this but it's it's hand soap and like shampoo and stuff like i can't eat any of it but it looks so good so like i absolutely see that happening it would have been great if instead of being a soap place they just let bath and body works do their thing and decided they were going to be a bakery but 
you know they wanted to go a little creative and stuff whatever uh but yeah i mean that that sounds like a great combination brian so maybe maybe that's a business opportunity for you reaching out to the the ceo see where you they can uh, go well i also don't know how well it translates like oh we make really good donut scented soap that doesn't <laughs> oh, mean you can make donuts <laughs> no i i actually did just have that thought in my head as i was telling brian to go through with it but like it, it sounds like a cool concept but yeah you're yeah, right go for like, it brian yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's there's bakers that can make donuts and strawberry pound cake and but yeah let's just let bath and body works monopolize the entire world with uh with sense and taste anyway that's i thought uh, it was a good bit i thought it was yeah. a good business plan but that's, that, that's enough Bath and Body Works. Great, great plan. So let's uh, let's go back to sports talk and uh, let's talk about Sunday NBA All Star Game. I don't know if we can even call it NBA All Star Weekend. They jam packed everything in a Sunday with the skills competition, the three point contest, the game with the slam dunk contest at halftime. So, Kenny, you're not a big basketball fan, not a big NBA fan, at least, right? No, not not huge, no. All right, so these next few minutes are probably going to be like whenever we would have like Ben on and talk about like baseball and hockey. You'll just kind of like be like Jack uh, from C-Team Show and just play on your phone and like, you know, be kind of zoned out in your own little world for a few minutes. I, or... I did I did watch the highlights. Um, yeah, just to be able but... to talk about them? So I have, I would have a little something. But See, yeah, that's setting the example. Honestly, like basketball. Ben could have done that. Like, all right, you're you're already kind of like an improvement when it comes to talking about things other than football. So perfect. Yeah, take that, Ben. <laughs> uh, ben, I'm not part. Of, I'm not part of this thing Corey is doing right now. I'm I'm definitely not calling you out. You are a great host, uh, former host and host of your own channel at the moment. So I am not calling you out. I am not part of this. It's only Corey. <laughs> Did you watch any of the uh, activities on Sunday? <laughs> nope. No, I wa- not at all. <laughs> I watched some of the highlights. It, I think I, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of NBA All Star Weekend. It's just not my thing. And I'll, so last year when they brought up the new format uh, with, with you know the with the, the three ending, co- yeah, with the the twenty four point yeah. ending thing where where there's an actual ending with the score. I thought it was a kind of a neat idea and. It brought a little bit of more buzz to to the All Star Game uh, for that one particular season, but it wasn't really enough for me to keep myself tuned year by year uh, for the All Star festivities. And also, I think I, I I I hated that they had it this year. I just with everything going on with the pandemic, you're gonna get all all the best players in the NBA in the in the one and possibly infect each other. If, if that were possible, especially if they went out af- before or after the All Star Game and went a- went out to where- wherever and and then come back uh, to their teams and and then infect other people, I think I- it feels like something the NFL would do, not the NBA, because I feel like the NBA throughout 2020 they did a great job of taking it very seriously and having its own bubble and everything. And uh, I did not love the idea that they had an All Star game and weekend and everything and i didn't even pay attention to it whatsoever i don't even know who or who won or who was even in the dunk contest uh, without even googling a- anthony it. simons won he okay i didn't even Cassius know Stanley i know steph curry won Toppin. the i know steph curry won the three-point contest and i know team lebron uh dominated team durant but other yeah. than that like, i don't i didn't really watch it and i didn't i, I 
didn't bother tuning in and I thought it was dumb that they had it in the first place. I, I really questioned them having it. Like I understood the players' concerns. It's like you're gonna take all the best players in the world and put them in the same location during a pandemic and hope exactly. that everything plays out okay. And they they almost had a huge scare because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were close contacts of a barber, which apparently that's it. Barbers are just causing every single sports league to, you know, have COVID outbreaks. Uh, you know, with the, the Chiefs and the Super Bowl. So um, I, I definitely had kind of hesitations about it, but I decided to watch it. I didn't watch the skills competition and the three-point contest. I didn't commit to the whole night. I just watched the game and, of course, the slam dunk contest at halftime. And, like, so, I mean, going into it, I thought it was cool the way that they had everything was all about, like, HBCUs and having, uh, you know, the the Grambling State and the Florida A&M band be, like, heavily involved. They had uh, Common, who went to, I think – North Carolina A&T or he definitely went somewhere like they had Clark University was like doing the uh the national anthem like that that was why they did this I think it was actually Kyrie Irving Brian's Brian's friend who uh who got all of all of this organized together and it's one of those things where it's like yeah like you have the risk of everything but at the same time it's like a cool opportunity to kind of showcase the showcase this and like continue to have it be part of the conversation uh, in terms of the game itself, for the first four minutes, I was like, wow, this is so entertaining. Like, oh, they're hitting all these threes and dunks and stuff. And like, oh, Zion and uh, Steph Curry. And like, it's just eventually it's like, okay, this is just the exact same thing for 48 minutes. It's not as entertaining anymore. And like, I was kind of in and out watching it. It was it was cool to kind of look up and see, oh, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry pulling up from half court and Giannis going 16 for 16 from the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way that I've looked at NBA all-star weekend is that it is the best all-star like in total, uh, you know, I don't want to say weekend cause they're not all over the weekend, but it, it is the best event just beyond us a game, everything. But the game is one of like the worst parts of it because it's just not, I mean, it, the entertainment, it, it depends. Like it's, it's kind of fun it, to see cool some seeing, of that, but it, it's, it's not cool a closely all- contested game. It's cool seeing all the stars there, especially on that Saturday where it typically is with the dunk contest and the three. Yeah, the Saturday of the All Star game is the best. Yeah, and seeing all the not just NBA stars, but even celebrities in general, mm-hmm. front court, uh, and like th- that part of it is definitely the the coolest of the four sports. But when it comes to the the actual game, like yeah, it, the actual All Star game is just not fun to watch. It's it's definitely brutal. Yeah, and it just ended up being a blowout. Everyone knew Team LeBron is going to kill Team Durant anyway. Like it, the thing for me was like I think like naturally you would think, oh, Corey wasn't going to root for Team LeBron, and like I don't know if I was necessarily rooting for one side or the other, but his his starting four around him were Steph Curry and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who are probably my two favorite players in the NBA outside of the like Celtics and Pelicans, and then. Nikola Jokic and uh, Luka Doncic, who were two of the the most entertaining, like MVP international candidates. players. Yeah, like it. It just felt like a team that was just so easy to root for, and like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were split. I mean, the other side had Tatum and Zion, but like I don't know, it, it was like so tough for me. Um, so like I was totally okay with what happened. It's not like LeBron did anything. Giannis wound up winning MVP of the game. I, I was I was totally okay with how everything played out, but. Yeah, I mean, it was like one of those things where I watched it and I kind of enjoyed myself for the most part. At times I was like, yeah, this is a lot, but I kept watching it to the end. And, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate, the circumstances of this year. But 
I don't know. The reality is NBA All-Star Weekend is always going to be a thing that I, I somewhat tune into. And even though I can sit here and say, oh, this isn't entertaining, I don't enjoy it, I still find myself enjoying at least enough of it. Yeah, it probably is the one out of the four that I probably tune into the most, even though I didn't literally tune in into it at all this past Sunday. Uh, shows you where I am with when it comes to All-Star Games. I have a question yeah. for you. Uh, How did you feel about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell being picked last. That's, I mean, look, that's just added drama. That's just NBA stuff. I mean, yeah. they're the best team in the league, and everyone's like, oh, they're Utah. They're not exciting, which Donovan Mitchell has shown that he's an exciting player. Like, I understand Rudy Gobert being one of the last picks because, I mean, he's he's a seven-foot center. He's a great rebounder, a great defensive player, but he doesn't add a whole lot of entertainment. Donovan Mitchell does, so, like, I don't I don't fully understand that side of it. Um, I really, I like that Gobert is an all-star. Um, I think that it's it's good having like that one guy, especially because like so many people are upset. It's like, oh, he, he like has a, a dunk like alley-oop from LeBron and it, it doesn't look cool. It's like, okay, the guy was one of the best he's, he's not, at what he's he not does. A, like he's an all-star caliber player, even if he doesn't provide the most entertainment on that given night. Yeah, exactly. He's not a flashy player, but he's still one of the top 20 or so players in the league. Um, and I guess I like that Mike Conley became an all-star this year. And to me, I look at it more of like uh, one of those, what do you call it, um, like Lifetime Achievement Awards, at like award shows where it's like, okay, maybe you weren't an all-star this year, but all this time, you, you deserve to win something, right? So uh, to me, like that's, I think it's nice that Mike Conley can finally put on his resume that he's been to an all-star game because it feels like he should have been to one by now just from how good he was in Memphis. Uh, yeah. Kenny, any any last thoughts on the All Star game? I was rooting for Team Durant. Yeah, I, of, I mean, I, even even my limited understanding or my limited knowledge of basketball, I knew it was going to be Team LeBron. But uh, I'm not a I'm not a LeBron fan. Um, it, it, I don't really have like the Celtics are my team if I have one. But I was in uh, I was in San Francisco I think two days after Golden State won and like. I don't, in uh, in 2017 and like that was fun and and I don't I, I have like a soft spot for Brooklyn because it's where Miles Morales is from so like I, Durant's fine so I was like yeah team Durant and then I was like this he's not gonna win this team no. <laughs> yeah it was, I mean there were like two quarters that were close but I think it was just the second quarter when like Curry and Lillard were pulling up from half court just showing off that just put it out of reach um, real quickly. Blake Griffin to the Brooklyn Nets. How do we feel about that? I I mean, he's definitely not the same player he used to be. I mean, I don't think he has a dunk in over a year or so. Uh, really? Which, which I know sounds cr- yeah. That, that's not even a joke. Like he hasn't had a attempted or made dunk. In, well, okay. I mean, oh, I guess oh, so that means which I know is not really season, which I know because the season ended in March, like a year. I know, ago I know but like it's yeah. it, it's dating back to 2019 still, like, which is just crazy. Oh, okay, and. I know dunks are still the same as just a, a normal two point shot, but it's it, a lot of part of a big part of Blake Griffin's game is his dunks. That was what he was doing. It's it's, show, it's it's obvious that he's out of his prime. And he doesn't have the same athleticism as he used to, and so he's semi washed. But at the same time, if he's really your fourth best player on a team, that's that is pretty good. I mean, uh, so I I feel like I saw people saying that it it seemed kind of almost irrelevant and 
I looked at the Brooklyn Nets roster and I know three of the names like that. Yeah. If like <laughs> I know Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, like I, I don't follow basketball in the slightest. I know them. So I was like, okay, yeah. Like Blake Griffin, I, I recognize him by his face. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like he's not part, like I, I heard people talking about like the big three becoming a big four and like, I don't know. I don't think he's he's not on par uh, yeah. with them. In he, he's my not. Eyes. He's I think not Reggie Miller made that comment on the broadcast. I was like, "What is he talking about?" Like, like yeah. you said, Blake Griffin's not the same player he used to be. He's so entertaining, though. Like, I think that a lot of people know him from just some of his off the court stuff and like him doing like stand up and rap battles and stuff. He's a funny guy. I've always been a big Blake Griffin fan. So. I, mean, I know it's been talked about a lot that Brian is not a fan of Kyrie Irving uh, because of his exit with the yeah, Celtics. I, I, I personally yeah, I, would not care if the Nets win a championship and Blake Griffin wins one. Like I'm, I'm totally okay with them winning in the finals this year. I don't know if, if you're very anti that, but I, I mean, I, I like how you said Kyrie uh, Brian's friend, not 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 favorite bas- <laughs> not favorite basketball player, uh, yeah. uh, Brian's friend. I'll admit if if uh, if he's in a Bath and Body Works. There, there might be another fight coming because uh... I would not advise <laughs> that you fight Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. My expectations for Blake Griffin are very low, but if he goes and wins a ring in, ring in Brooklyn, good for him. I'm, uh, I'm totally okay with it, especially I'll, means I'll, LeBron and Lakers don't I, win. I was right, about to say if, yeah. if it's Nets Lakers, I'll reluctantly pro- probably root for, not even root, but. Probably pick the Nets just because the Celtics' rivals are the the Lakers, and I don't like LeBron like Kenny. I probably like him the most out of the three of us, though, because Corey I know hates LeBron, and Kenny just. I, I've gone back gave. and forth on him, um, but yeah, I've I've landed uh, on not liking him currently. Yeah, I'm, I'm anyway. not. I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but I, I I defend him at times in certain cases. But so I don't. I can't say I hate the guy, but but I I. I don't want to see the Lakers win again, especially because they're definitely the biggest rivals for the Celtics. Uh, so I would reluctantly probably root for the Nets if it came to that, which it very likely might be because they're probably the two favorites. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point the Nets are are a, a huge favorite in the East, and the expectation is that when Anthony Davis comes back to the Lakers, they're going to kick it back in the high gear like last season. So anyway, that's enough basketball talk. Sunday night, the All-Star game was happening, but at the same time, there was uh, something that was just as, if not even bigger, and that was Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, having a interview with Oprah Winfrey. And, I mean, I you guys said you didn't watch the All-Star game. Were either of you by any chance watching this interview instead? Uh, no. I mean, at, at least I check the highlights of the NBA All-Star game. This? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I checked the highlights of the uh Yeah, the I, I checked out the highlights <laughs> of the yeah, this uh uh interview between uh Her- Prince Harry, Meghan Markle and Oprah. Yeah, I checked the highlights, yeah. See, I I had no idea that this was going on. Um I so like I remember um, reading that Meghan Markle was accused of bullying others in the 
palace and i was like oh that's like a big thing like Meghan markle like that's she left like is she like the bad person is she about to be canceled and then all of a sudden this interview is happening i'm like wait isn't she a bad person now because like i didn't take the time to look into any of this stuff uh and then in the like the the past couple days it's just blown up so much and like I don't I don't care about the daily happenings of the royal family as any more than I care about like the daily happenings of, like the Kardashians or whatever the American equivalent is of this family. Uh, but it, it has been like really interesting drama just trying to like catch up on this as much as possible. And uh, I mean, I think that really one of the biggest reasons why I think it's making headlines really there's two reasons. So one was that uh, Meghan Markle said that someone in the royal family making sure to say that it wasn't queen elizabeth said uh that there were questions like they were they were wondering um about the color of their baby archie's skin uh you know Meghan markle is black prince harry is white so racism huge topic right now oh there's racism going on in the royal family that's a huge deal and then the next big thing was that Meghan Markle saying that she was having a lot of mental health problems, even the point of suicidal thoughts. And the British fam- royal family was just like, no, we're not going to give you any help for that. We're not going to look into it. Just suck it up. Um, so those were two huge things. So um, does that does either of those like any kind of like big reactions come out of that for you guys? I mean, it's I I watched a little bit of the interview. Like, I guess you call it the highlights because I saw like a three minute video, and I imagine it was longer. Um, it I mean, it's it's horrifying, and I, I don't I don't care about the royal family in the slightest either. Um, I actually uh, related, not relevant. Uh, I was in. I was in London the day of Harry and Meghan's wedding uh, by happenstance. Oh, really? That was pretty. You weren't- yeah, I wasn't at the wedding. Uh, it was yeah, pre- were you close to it? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were in the city, like we were in London. We were, we were. That was our last day there, so we like knew it was. I mean, happening, London is but... a big city, so like, yeah, we were, we were, we were like close by. I, I, well, I, I actually yeah. don't even know where it happened, but we were by uh, well, large crowds. So I, the, the, I mean, the big wedding was in Buckingham Palace. Another thing right, they came out sense. and said they had a secret wedding three days earlier. So interesting. Uh, just like even like totally like yeah like they weren't all about that like all the pageantry and stuff of the royal family they just wanted to do their own thing and then they did the the big royal wedding cuz they had to. I mean that makes sense. Um but no I don't think we were at Buckingham Palace that day but like there were I mean there were crowds everywhere I I don't know what people were doing but uh that was, that was that was chaotic but um I mean the assuming it's all true uh the just just the fact that it that matters is 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 disgusting um i mean it i i get where because from what i saw they and from from what you said um they aren't saying who said any of this and mm-hmm. i get it i understand but it like the fact that they're trying to sort of defend this kind of behavior and speech is is Really, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to fault fault Megan or, or or Harry for this because you know they may have their reasons, but this person doesn't deserve to be protected if if this is all true. I, I don't know. That's that's my take. Yeah, no. I, I mean, so well, I think like they they just they said they're gonna just keep everything private, and uh, I mean there, there have been some kind of public communications that have come out. So I guess like the next day. 
um the so the bbc the uh the official like royal correspondent said that this is the worst case scenario for the royal family like the interview of course those two big things there's so many other stuff that came out out of it um but the the uh the queen also like put out her own statement um and just like like they, they it became like this huge like thing um, but it, the whole thing was like, it's all just me kept privately. Um, it's, it's not something that's going to be going out public and it's like everything that they do is public. And it feels right. like this is something that shouldn't be an exception. Um, uh, and of course the British tablets are, were all anti Megan, like all these things, like hit pieces going out saying like this untrue, this unlikely exaggeration, all these like different things that, uh, you know, she had talked about, um, did you hear about Piers Morgan? I heard his name brought up, but I don't know what happened. So he quit. Yeah, he. So I, I was trying to find a video of this. I, I think that it, it was intentionally not released to the public, but like apparently he quit live on ITV. I don't know. I think that's like the channel. He's on Good Morning Britain. Uh, apparently, his like one of his co-hosts was like saying that he had a personal problem with Meghan Markle and just coming at him for that. And he was just so upset that he stormed off. And I didn't really understand what that meant. But then I saw a clip. I don't know if that was something like from, I assume it was from a long time ago. He was on a talk show and he was talking about how he like went on like a date of sorts with Meghan Markle and then how he like took her home. And instead of going home, she went to a party and met Prince Harry and then the next day they went on their own date and then she just cut off all ties with Piers Morgan. He's like, she ghosted me. And I was like, wait, so this is like a legitimate personal problem. That's just like a crazy story to hear that Piers Morgan and it was ghosted by Meghan Markle. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do you have an opinion on Piers Morgan? Because like I know like a little about him, but I don't know enough to like understand like a lot of the criticism he gets. Isn't he isn't he like a critical judge on Britain's Got Talent? He was on America's Got Talent for or America's a Got season Talent. or two, I think. That's literally all is I've that, seen of him. Is that why people hate him? Because he <laughs> he would just he would just say that someone didn't have enough talent, and everyone else disagree. He'd give him the big X right away. Well, I think he was the I think he was like the the Simon Cowell of the group when he was there. Even um, though Simon Cowell was literally there as well. I don't think they were on at the same time. They weren't at the same no time. Way oh, okay. I don't think so. So Simon must have been on more with when when Howie. Uh, Mandel was it's, there, right? Just, just briefly, it's crazy to me how, I, in in a, a lot of years, a lot of America's Got Talent's years, there have been no American judges. Howie Mandel's Canadian. They had Sharon Osbourne. They had Piers Morgan, um, um, the Mel B, model. Heidi Klum. Yeah. They had a uh, Howard Stern, who, as far as I know, is American. Um, but like most of their judges are not American. Uh, but I, isn't isn't Piers Morgan significantly older than Meghan Markle I mean if that's I think so like I mean uh, he's if, he's if definitely older I don't know he's I mean, 55 and I think Meghan Markle's did you just look 30 she's got yeah, like I had I had Piers Morgan right? in front of me for oh okay look his Wikipedia yeah his Wikipedia yeah. okay yeah tell us more about Piers Morgan yeah she was born in 81 she's 39 so 39 wow she's older yeah. than I thought mm-hmm. um but I mean, yeah, I mean whatever like 16 years is a lot in my mind, but you know that's that's just my opinion. Um, I I don't think ghosting people is cool, but if she didn't 
want to be with Piers Morgan and went and met Prince Harry, that's fine. <laughs> like, it seems, yeah, I mean, it seems like a she, what, she was, reasonable story. It's like he ghosts, she ghosted him for the guy that ended up being like, her husband. Yeah, you so. could you could follow up. You don't have to ghost someone. Yeah. but it's not. That's not reason to to. Uh, it's fine. She's Quit fine. To hate hate her. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like and like yeah, attack her every chance he gets. Yeah, yeah that's um, a bit. I mean, much. they weren't. They weren't. To get, they weren't together where they or they were they no, just sound no. like it was Dates, a date like, right yeah. yeah and if that like i i feel like i was like barely paying attention to the story and then all of a sudden he's talking about like ghosting her and i was like wait a second and i didn't bother like going back to like hear the first part but i i didn't think of anything serious um when i was like barely listening to this video um but yeah it's um john oliver a few years ago actually went on Stephen Colbert's late night talk show and basically was saying that uh, like he hopes he Megan knows what she's getting into because he doesn't think that uh, like he like hopes that she can actually like have the the state of mind uh, to handle the royal family because she might have a lot of a lot of issues with this and he just like totally like nailed everything it's actually kind of crazy like looking back because I, I watched the video and um yeah i mean he basically predicted all of this so now is i i don't know if you know this is the hate toward Meghan markle by by the british or at least the english is that just because she's american i mean i imagine that there's part of that that they don't like that americans have taken over i mean it's just like i i guess it makes sense because it's it's the same people who have these two viewpoints, but the thought to me that people don't believe this story because the royal family wouldn't be racist while they themselves, it's not racism, but it's xenophobia to be like, we don't want an American in the room. Yeah. Like, like, of okay, of course racism is possible here then, guys. Like, what? how is there this disconnect? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's all that crazy of a story, any of this, but at the same time, Meghan Markle comes out really looking great in this i mean prince harry is the son of princess diana diana's adored throughout the world like there are so many people in america who love princess diana like she was just always like that one person i think just kind of like the outside of the royal family and Meghan markle's kind of becoming the new princess diana so um i mean i'm not like trying to sit here and say like anything she's done is like exaggerated or whatever like all the things she's saying but she's she's definitely become like even more of a legend than she like already would have been like to the point where we're talking about her and like all this stuff and you know i i feel like we we have not really touched on the royal family all that much in the the three years of this um this podcast but yeah um i mean do they have any kind of power? Like, were you considered so. a royal subject when you were there in Scotland for a year? I was like, not a royal subject. Uh, I mean, there's, I, I, I don't think that there's really any power. And quite honestly, the whole, the, the idea of the royal family, uh, it all just seems outdated. And like, from from everything I've heard, it seems like everyone loves the queen, and it seems like she's mm-hmm. pretty like good as a person. Just let it, just let it die with her. When when she when she goes, <laughs> yeah, just, just no more royal family. Because I don't really understand why they st- like. I don't know. It's it's weird, and it's not just. It's all the Commonwealth countries. Like, I yeah. I know someone from New Zealand, and when he mentioned the Queen, I was like, that makes sense. But I'd never considered that. Like, well, she's she's the queen her of Canada. She's their too. queen too. Yeah, can't even Canada right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know. I like that. I. 
Yeah, I, I like didn't realize that either. I was I was looking on her Wikipedia and it said that it was like all these places. I was like, wow, and you know, all these like other countries. I mean, she's been in power since 1953. Like, crazy. is she gonna die? Like, I mean, she. I've... Yeah, I think she was like 20 something when she took over. But I, I was also looking at it. So like, the Windsor family started in like 1901, um, and 1917 was like when they officially became Windsor the uh the old name had some kind of like anglo-saxon like german type ties to it and that was like during world war 1 so like we need to change this name right. so they went with the more traditional british windsor name and there were three kings before her in like 30 years and she's been queen for 60 something now so yeah she's been at it for a, a long time i don't know i mean are there talks about just like abdicating this family i mean their figurehead but like so. do they go anywhere yeah cuz if there's no power like what's the point other than just being able to say that it's a thing it just so. seems like it just seems like it's not a good uh I, I organization i guess i don't know like i yeah I well hear... within it yeah right there's so a lot of criticism there so you know outside of the queen herself like i don't remember there i don't remember the names of all the kids but there's like i think charles might be the oldest and there's like i remember there being memes of like she, like uh the queen is trying to outlive charles because she doesn't want him to be in power and like it just it seems like that it seems like it's not really and I, again i don't think that they're really is any power but it doesn't sound like it's a great group of people overall so i don't know but i don't think that they're going anywhere because where would they go well, like what i don't yeah even know like what, what happens to them like uh, yeah just, yeah just and weird. i mean look based on some of the stuff megan said i don't think that there's a whole lot of people who are going to disagree with the idea that it's maybe a toxic family it's not the the best place right. to be so uh, all right. Anyway, let's uh, let let's wrap up the royal family talk. Let's go back to sports real quickly. Let's talk some hockey and uh, let's talk Tom Wilson. So, Tom Wilson is a player for the Washington Capitals who has a big history of uh, questionable hits, and he had another one on Friday night against the Boston Bruins. Brandon Carlo, he. Uh, hit him and he went high and he slammed his head into the boards and Carlo had to leave to be uh, evaluated and taken out to a hospital and uh, the fallout Wilson ended up getting a seven game suspension now you know Brian of course you're a huge Bruins fan so I imagine you were not too fond of the hit yeah I was I was watching the Bruins game when that happened well first of all I'd just like to mention that uh, that last segment we had uh that just made me realize that outside of sports, my knowledge of of stuff is really limited outside of sports. I just thought I'd mention that. But yeah, anyway, uh, I, yeah, I was not a fan of the hit whatsoever. Uh, I, I definitely am not a fan of Tom Wilson at all. He's just a total chump. And he was clearly hunting when it came to the Brandon Carlo hit. He wasn't really searching for the puck. He was just looking for someone to hit, and it was... A really inexcusable hit. He was aiming for aiming for his head, and that's that's a kind of hit that that could. I don't. This is going to sound over the top, but that's a kind of hit that could honestly kill someone. It could, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I, Tom Wilson, he got what he deserved with a seven game suspension. I'm glad the NHL uh, came hard on him, and I, I mean, he's definitely one of the most disliked players in the league. Now, someone on the Bruins that's disliked by 
a lot of fans. Brad Martian, he's had his fair share uh, of bad hits, but the difference between him and Tom Wilson is that I I think Brad Martian has done a great job over the past few years of cleaning up that part of his game, and he hasn't been fined or suspended for a while now, and he's obviously an elite player that contributes a lot to the Burns' success. Tom Wilson is he a talented player. Yes, he was a first-round pick for the Washington Capitals, but at the same time, I feel like he's more of a goon, and he's really just... He, he, I don't know. I just, I, just, he's really more of the. I, I view him as the the dirty player that he is instead of the the other skill sets that he has. Well, Marshan, pardon me, is of course biased, but I feel like uh, he's definitely contributed more towards the Burn success and 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 has cleaned up that part of uh, his game because uh, there are a lot of players or not a lot of players. There are a lot of fans that hate Brad Marshan for obvious reasons, but I think he's done a good job of cleaning that up while Tom Wilson is still kind of a dick. I mean, I almost, I almost look at it the opposite way of I've, I've fallen off with hockey quite a lot in the past few years. Um, but I, I think that the, the general feeling is people outside of Boston don't really like Marchand at all. Uh, and people here in Boston <laughs> yeah, I, love him. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate Brad Marchand. I don't um, like yeah, him either. I, I don't. He's, I don't know he's how. Always been like one of the biggest things that like prevents me from liking the Bruins is yeah. just a guy like him. No, it I makes have no sense. idea how I'd feel about Brad Martian if I weren't a Bruins fan. I well, probably would hate him like everyone else. But part of why I fell off with hockey is because my my dad stopped rooting for the Bruins, and so it's hard to watch Bruins games with him because I still want to root for the Bruins, and so and so I just kind of fell off with it, but. But I almost feel with with Marshan, it's like he does have talent, and it it's it's like it's such a waste to just be a goon when you have talent. If you're a goon, you're a goon. But to to just have the talent and not use it is like I it's just I don't know. It's just, it's like annoying to me that like you could be a good player, but you act like this instead. I haven't really seen him cleaning up his act because, like I said, I haven't watched hockey as much lately. Yeah, it, Brad Marshan. Uh, I rem- I think the last time he's been uh, a little out there in terms of his uh, maturity was the time I think it was three or four years ago when they're in the playoffs versus the Maple Leaves and Lightning and he was <laughs> licking, licking players, players yeah. necks, that, that was, which was, that was which was, which was funny but at, well, at, it I got mean, to a point where I was like alright dude this is stupid like just well, stop thinking about this. that so, thinking about that now is horrifying too like yeah. anything <laughs> oh, like yeah. that in, in the <laughs> scope of the current day is crazy um, but, but the, but yeah, ever, ever since then he's he hasn't done anything. Well, to I mean that that makes sense because or... that's the last thing I remember hearing about. Um, so it makes sense. But but the yeah the the Wilson hit I like I I watched the hit he I like watched it frame by frame. He never looks down at the puck. Like he's just looking at Carlo, like like going for the hit. They showed a couple plays earlier in the game where he w- he was just going after people. Um, and I think you know there there's some incidental stuff that happens like the sticks get a little tight like he lifts his stick in a way that i don't think was necessary but like parts of the hit maybe were incidental but the intent was clear like that he was he was out for blood he was he was absolutely headhunting there and yeah i think that i think that seven game suspension is 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 fair maybe even a a little bit too fair to him it was it was it was a bad hit the combination of the combination of the hit and factoring in the player is what has me furious because tom wilson has this is not the first time he's done something right. like this. He's he's done a lot of this in in his semi short career, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, if it wasn't Tom Wilson, then I don't know if we necessarily have the same conversation. Yeah, around we this, we wouldn't even f- be 
we wouldn't even and, be talking about no, this. We if it was like some random fourth liner that did this, it, it, the guy would get suspended for a few games, and I wouldn't be. I I still wouldn't be a fan of the hit, but it, I wouldn't be as I would, and I'd still be mad, but I I wouldn't be as furious. But I am because it's when you factor in, it's Tom Wilson, and when you factor in the fact that it's Brandon Carlo, a really important player on their team, not just some fourth liner. He's one of the best defensemen on their team, and he does a great job in the penalty kill. It, uh, and yeah, I'm just mad about it. part. Of, part of that seems like almost unfair to me to be like you judge the hit differently based on the player, but I, it's really not unfair because you're judging him based on the fact that he does this kind of stuff. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's a lot easier to say, yeah, that looked bad, but maybe it was incidental because this player doesn't normally do this. Like he does, he does do this. So like it was. I I think that. It's it's it was absolutely not okay, and it is clear that it was intentional. It part partially based on who it is, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said there. Yeah, I mean, I I I said earlier I hate Brad Marchand, but I I am totally for him calling out Tom Wilson for this hit because I I hate Tom Wilson and like it is he led like up top and I, I've seen some, some capitals fans. And that's the part that like really frustrates me is like the way the capitals fans continue to defend this guy is like, Oh, he, he hit his shoulder first. He didn't start with the head. It's that, that wasn't like, okay. He might've hit the shoulder. He still was going up high. He wasn't playing the puck. He was going for a hit and it look at what the result was. It was a dirty play. And it's something that Wilson's known for. I mean, the guy's been suspended for hits in preseason games. Like, he's just, he's out of control. And, I mean, like you said, Kenny, seven games is, like, almost a little too fair. I, it feels like he could have gotten even more from that. And I'm, I'm almost a little surprised that it wasn't at least double digits, um, given that he's had suspensions longer than that before. Right. And, I think uh, this is his it, fifth it, suspension, right? Uh, that sounds saw? right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had a 20-game suspension before um, a few years ago. I mean, he's a guy who's, and even when he's not being suspended for some of these hits, like, it's still a big part of his game. And, like, ah, Capitals fans, they're always calling out Penguins fans who call him out. It's like, oh, Matt Cook, like, all this stuff. It's like, that was 10 years ago. And the, the Penguins at least put in the effort to have Matt Cook turn around his game. And I know he had another bad hit when he was no longer with the team, but it's just like, that's, that's what you're going to go back to. It's like something from a decade ago when it's like you have a player who's actively doing this still and continues to do it all the time. It's just, it's just like so frustrating, like how the NHL hasn't found a way to try to clean up this guy's game or like how the Capitals haven't done that. And I, I think that there are some Capitals fans who would admit that they would hate Tom Wilson if he wasn't on their team, just like plenty of other guys, especially in hockey. Uh, but it, it's it's always frustrating to see Washington fans try to defend this guy, and when he's he's having these horrible hits all the time, it seems like. And like even like like stepping away from like the intent of it, when you look at the hit, Carlo immediately when he comes away, he grabs his head. He's not grabbing like something on his face that hurts. Mm-hmm. Not one side of his head. Like he got he he got very hurt, and I think that from everything I've seen, they they don't know how long he's going to be out. Right? It's week he's probably to out week. a while. Yeah, but so it, I don't know. Just, he'll be back really at some bad. point, but it, not in the immediate future. Right. Yep. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on and and get close to wrapping things up. We have uh, a big holiday coming up in a sense in a few days, as uh, March fourteenth will be celebrating National Pie Day. 
And why is it March 14th? Well, that's because pi, the number, is 3.14 and then a lot of other digits. And, of course, because 3.14, 3.14, March 14th. So, uh, Kenny, I know that this is a day that is is pretty big for you as a big <laughs> fan of pie, both the number and the dessert. And uh, you have your own pie day story that I think would be fun to share here. Yeah. So I don't know as much of pie as I used to, but there was a time when I, it was, a, I guess, I guess a hobby, maybe a, a weird obsession uh, <laughs> where I, yeah, I would say hobby is a fair term. Hobby, I guess. I like, for a long time, I knew maybe a hundred digits of pie. And then I, at some point was like, I'm going to add to this. So then I, uh, we had pie day coming up our, our junior year of high school and, um, and there were, you know, there were, there's like events in the cafeteria where they do a bunch of different stuff. So in preparation for Pi Day, I'd memorized 300 digits of Pi. Um, uh, memorizing numbers used to be a thing for me. I, I kill, I still can do it, but I, 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 I don't as much anymore. But anyway, so we, so I went down to the cafeteria with my physics class, uh, and there was a competition, and it's like you, you say as many digits of pie as you can from memory and whoever has the most wins a pie at the end of it. So very early on in the, in the festivities, I went up and I did 300 digits of pie. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll wait, I'll come get my pie at the end. Cause I mean, that's come on. Uh, and then, and then somebody who I'm not going to name because I will not give this person the satisfaction, uh, because they got me, they memorized 314 digits of pi which i can't believe i overlooked the 314 uh and they went and they recited 314 digits of pi and i was like okay that's annoying 15 more digits is nothing so i memorized 15 more to 315 went up and i was like i hi i know 15 more digits i can do 315 and they're like oh we already gave the pi to the person who came in at 314 i was like well why'd you do that for <laughs> like the day's not over, over there, right? and i was like where where'd they go i want this pie and they were gone they ran away with the pie and i was like uh, i was oh i was very upset i'm still upset i'm not gonna pretend i'm not it's, it's, do you it's remember outrageous. what flavor pie it was i have no idea i just yeah, wanted to like win. it wasn't about it yeah it, was it about wasn't winning. about the pie it was about winning yeah. Yeah. And it is incredible to think that someone can memorize 300 digits of pi and it's not enough for this event. How did they even count it? They like, had it like written out or it was probably on their, it was probably on like their phone. Um, but they yeah. might have had something printed. And I remember I like was reciting it and I, I, they were following along with me as I read it. And I, so I was going slowly and I kept getting tripped up and I was like, can I just go faster? And, and they were like, <laughs> yeah, it goes fast as you want. And like that helped okay. me because yeah, like I had it memorized faster than I guess than, uh, than I was originally doing it. But yeah, it was, they just had some reference that they were using to check. Um, and I got swindled and I'm, I'm not pleased all right. Well, I think it's time for you to see how many how many you you can still do today. I mean, I I would like to think you can get to a hundred because you I don't used know. to be able to do a hundred for a long time. It's it's tough because sometimes sometimes I do it and I think I get it right and I'm like I might have missed a number or slipped up, but but no one will know. But this is being no, recorded. there's no way of anyone's fact checking. I just well, I want to. I mean, it's being recorded, yeah, so people can fact. Is. At the very least, I'll know. But okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll try to at least get to one hundred. We'll, let let's see how this goes. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three eight four six two six four three three eight three two seven nine five zero two eight eight four one nine seven one six nine three nine nine three seven five one zero five eight two zero nine seven four nine four four five nine two three zero seven eight one six four zero six two eight six two zero eight nine nine eight six two eight zero three four eight two four 
and I've lost it. I don't know how many that was, if that was all correct. I, I wasn't keeping up with it. I can't find it in here, but it, it sounded good. We'll, we'll, we'll call it 100. I, I wasn't cheating, but I do have it up. I do have it up. Yeah. So let I know. Me I, see. I like. I thought about it as you started going. I was like, oh, let me try to find this. And then I was like, I, I've lost it. I think I but. got to like 84, and then I think I got the wrong digit on 85 because it's 34825, oh. and I think I said 328. And so I think one thing that happens is so I messed up a digit, and I think that's why I couldn't keep going because I like the flow was messed up. Yeah. Like I, I might have remembered more if I'd gotten that right, but, but it, I used to be able to do more. Um, if, yeah, if honestly, the fact that you remember where you messed up, I feel like is, <laughs> is impressive enough. So. I try. I, I mean, you remembered my license plate number in senior year of high school. Which you probably uh, don't remember now, but I don't. I you, only you were able to get it right away. Plates. I used to know a lot of people's, and I only remember a few now. There, um, there'd be times where I would legitimately forget, and I would actually ask you, yeah. if you could, if you could get me my license plate number, so I can. Do you remember <laughs> mine from New Hampshire? It's it's on my wall right here, so I can fact check you. And I, uh, I assume that means it's not in circulation anymore, so it doesn't matter. I don't remember it. It's okay. Is it like? Th- is it is there three two five? No, you might be okay. thinking of my it phone might, number or it, Brian's license. I mean, plate. The, you got the first two digits of my license plate. <laughs> that so might, I might be thinking of Brian's. I used to have a lot of yeah. license plates rattling. Well, I remember your brain. thing was always remembering people's cell phone numbers, and then when we all got licenses, it became memorizing yeah. everyone's license plate. So yeah, it's just like a yeah. fun thing. I don't know people yeah. like people would reach out. Like multiple people have texted me, like doing registrations and stuff. They're like, "What's my license plate?" And I would just like <laughs> tell them. <laughs> yeah. Well, those is probably me. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I think so. And honestly, like it's it's kind of good to have someone else who memorizes these. I feel like no one else remembers their own. You never see it. So yeah, yeah, true. Um, I mean, Corey, you have the best memory of of the three of us. Mm, I well, mean, it depends on the Kenny subject. and I have. Yeah, we, Kenny is good with numbers. I'm good with random like facts. Yeah, and, li- like, li- days life and events stuff. like the last yeah. episode where bring up uh, my your European trip with Kenny and doing karaoke things i didn't oh, remember yeah. <laughs> that i told you yeah yeah see the thing is i have a pretty good memory but when it comes to things that i don't want to remember i just purposely <laughs> just try to block it out and like, oh that happened i guess <laughs> yeah that's right yeah i mean i i hey, honestly like there's sometimes though where it's like i kind of feel you kenny where it's like people ask me something like that like oh what happened on this day or whatever it's like i could just totally make something up and i'm like i don't want to do that where it's like yeah. you, you could have just totally started ranting naming random digits of pi and people probably wouldn't have cared but it's just it's it's all about a personal thing it's like you you have that honor integrity when it comes to memory and you just don't want to you don't want to put it to waste um exactly you know, like be like a fraud or anything with so. great power comes great responsibility yep <laughs> <laughs> all right that'll uh that'll pretty much do it for this episode real quickly i do want to put a plug so I uh I went ahead on ESPN today and created an official He's Done It tournament challenge. March Madness is coming up. We lost it last year. Everything looks like it's in good shape to finally happen this year. So we're going to celebrate. Uh, I'll put information for the pool on like Twitter and Instagram and maybe Snapchat and Definitely uh, feel free to reach out if you're interested in joining in that. There will be a cash prize involved. So 
a uh, lot of fun. Even if you haven't been paying close attention to college basketball this year, it's been a weird year. I mean, last year my brother won it, and he barely follows college basketball. So it's it's just anyone really has a chance. Uh, it's definitely worth it. So, um, I and I will say that this year does look like it could be pretty exciting because there's going to be no Duke involved, which first time in my lifetime. I uh, I'm, so they're, I'm, they're- I'm really hopeful that they lose to uh, Louisville tonight. So they're not and, uh, even good enough. So let's say they don't win the ACC, but they're not even good enough just to make the tournament in general. No, they are not on the bubble right now. Wow. But they are beating okay. Louisville by one point at halftime. So I am nervous see, see, that I'm going to jinx it, and they're going to make <laughs> a huge run and win the ACC tournament, make the see, tournament. See, the thing is, I knew they weren't a ranked team, and they were having sh- struggles this year, but I didn't know they were to the bad to the point where they sh- might not even make the tournament. Yeah, I, they're I didn't 12 know and 11. They're they're like not even on the bubble at this wow. point. So yeah, I don't follow it at all. I like college basketball at all, but I do the I do the the tournament every year, the bracket every year, and and Duke's always there. Yeah, it's, yeah. they're they're always there. Everyone picked them two years ago when they had Zion, and they were the number one overall seed. And I I had Michigan State pulling I, off the I, upset. I I also had Michigan State in that upset. Yeah, as well. So so we're this year. Two I, people, I won't. Maybe. I know. I it was so frustrating watching them last year. But of course, I mean, North Carolina is barely even a tournament team themselves. Actually, Joe Lenardi's latest um, bracket projection has North Carolina as a nine seed going up against eight seeded Loyola Chicago in the first round, and that terrifies me. I, I was I was just about to say that uh, I heard that the Loyola Chicago Ramblers made yep, they the won the, made the tournament I, just, yep. I love i love what they did a few years ago making it all the way to the final four as an 11 seed i know i want to root for them so i really hope that they don't face my team yeah. so anyway yeah like i said we have that that bracket going so look out for information for that kenny thank you for coming back on it was a, a quick turnaround we certainly hope that uh we can continue to have you here on he's done it yeah absolutely come back anytime so For our guest host, Kenny Cashman, and our co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone.